Hey there, Michael Griffiths here, founder of Referral Marketing Guru, and welcome to this week's Get More Referrals Today podcast. Today, something a little bit different. You don't get to hear just from me. We've got a special guest that is about to join us and really excited to be able to just dive into more their, their journey, their passion for business, and in particular, their passion for being able to help contractors, tradies, and, and really help them to be able to take their business to a different level. As we know, I think it's pretty much common for just about every business owner, we get stuck. We get stuck in doing and we get stuck in environments where we think we're doing the right activities, but in fact, it's not helping us grow. It's not helping us become more profitable. And it's definitely not helping us free up our time and create freedom, which is why we started a business to start with. So really excited to be able to dive into this. But as always, Hey, we're not going to run ads. We don't have sponsors. If you love the show, share it with one other person. You can always subscribe to us, your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, search Referral Marketing Guru. But the key is, if you'd love this episode, if you love what we're going through, you to know a tradie, if you know a contractor, then make sure you pass this episode on to them because it's going to really help them grow their business. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest for today. And Liam, let me just bring you up. There you are. Um, welcome. Thanks so much for jumping on and joining us. I know it's late afternoon over there in on, on the East Coast. So I appreciate yeah. you jumping on and spending the time. All good, dude. No, it's not that late. It's, it's only 4, yeah. 4.40. It's still, they're still young. Um, yeah, no, man, no, thanks no, for I, having me. I suppose me. I go off my... I, I like to be done by three. So anything after three feels late to me. So, okay. you know, um, fill people in because people will be thinking, who's this person? What's this, this person about? I haven't yeah. seen this person before, Michael. <laughs> so give us a bit of a story. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Liam. Uh, I'm one of the partners here at Profit for Contractors. So we help contractors basically increase their profits, add systems to their business, um, get their life back, kind of like Michael was saying, and actually help them run a real business. Um, not just, you know, stuck having a job working within kind of their their trade or their craft. And yeah, man, we're just super passionate about helping contractors, you know, actually live a proper lifestyle, again, run a real business and not be stuck on that kind of, you know, hamster wheel. Like you said, that so many of us as small business owners can get stuck on. And my journey kind of started in the trades um, in construction when I was a younger man <laughs> before the beard when I was 19, 20, um, had, had my own contracting business, you know, made all the mistakes you can make. Um, and through that and working in construction technology and some, some SaaS businesses, uh, I ended up kind of finding profit for contractors about five years ago. And it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, we're on a mission to help just like you, Michael, as many people as we can get that profit and freedom from their business. And I think at the end of the day, um, whether it's you have talked to or anybody else, you know, who, who's helping small business owners, it's that, you know, once we can start thinking a little bit more like a business owner, a little bit less like a craftsman, whether again, we're running a massage, you know, studio or running a trades business, um, that's ultimately the most important thing. Yeah, so true. So true. So when you you talk about just, just then, like you made every mistake underneath the book to, to <laughs> begin with, uh, what, what do you reckon are a handful of those key mistakes that, that you see, which I, I suppose people look back on and they just go, oh, that makes so much sense now. But you can't sort of see the light through through the trees when you when you're in it. What what do your people tend to come to you mainly with, where they just sort of look at it and just go, oh, that makes so much sense, but <laughs> they couldn't see it themselves. Uh, I mean, I think there's I think there's a and I think again, like it really doesn't matter what kind of business you're running. You know, I think a lot of them are truisms, regardless. 
I think I think probably the biggest thing, and I'm sure you experienced this in your business, Michael, is that first kind of limiting belief or that first kind of realization of like, hey, I can't do everything. I got to delegate things. I got to hire other people. I shouldn't be doing my own bookkeeping. I shouldn't maybe doing my own marketing. You know, I shouldn't be doing all the work. That whole like, hey, I, I can't do everything. Um, even though I might be the best at some of these things, but I have to let go. I have to give up control and I have to start getting things off my plate because I want to have any semblance of a life, right? Or I want to scale this business beyond where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm going to need people. So I think that that's probably the like the first biggest aha moment. Um, the second one, I think also that kind of comes with that is going like, hey, I, if I'm going to do that, I have to pay these people, right? Like <laughs> I have to hire people, I have to pay them. And I really need to learn how to run my business by the numbers because I'm sure you see it. Just some people run out and hire people, but then don't really know can they afford to hire them? How's it going to affect their cash flow? Right? Like, what should they be paying them? And they kind of go hand in hand. But I think that's the biggest thing is that first realization of like, man, like I just can't do everything. I can't wear all these hats because it's either going to kill me uh, or I'm just going to do a lot of them poorly. Right? Yeah. So so true. And do you find and and so I sort of tend to find that when people sort of get to that stage and and to start with they do everything themselves. And, and I sort of just go there a bit, it's a bit more of a, a hobby type business. And then it reaches this point where it's like, oh, hold on, I can actually make a life and I can actually make a living and I can actually do this uh, and, and get a really nice income from this. Mm-hmm. So they sort of switch from hobby business to taking it seriously. And then they get to that critical point where it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do everything myself. What, no. what do you reckon are the big things that sort of go on in their head before they sort of take that leap? Because I reckon it takes a bit of time before they sort of yeah. take that leap because there's so much, is it fear that goes on to will this actually work? Is it now serious that I have right. <laughs> a contractor on board with me, a subcontractor, I have an admin person? What, what do you find? Yeah, I think it's a mix. Uh, fear, I think definitely... I don't, and I don't think it's fear of failure as much as it's a fear of like, hey, now I'm going to be more successful and I got to provide for more people, right? And I have to put more work in and I have to take this more seriously because when you're running a hobby business, that's what it is. It's, it's a hobby, right? So there's there's a bit of a like, well, I don't need to, right? Maybe put all the time into to working on it and like learning these skills and having the right systems, whatever it is, because it, it's just kind of a job, right? So I think it's it's that transition of going from, hey, I'm going to stop just being an employee having a job by right? having a hobby to like really being a business owner. So I think that's a big fear. Uh, I definitely think control is a big thing. Giving up control for a lot of people, just for humans is hard. And with that comes trust, right? Hey, are they going to do a good job, right? Are they going to do as good a job as me? Are they going to care as much? Are they going to let the customers down? Are they going to have my best interests at heart? So that's you know a fear of control, trust issues. And then ultimately it comes back to, well, you're going to delegate things, but they're all in your head. So how are you going to teach these people or there's no systems. So that com- that comes back to probably like, and again, a fear uncertainty, but for, for everybody, that's generally what we see. And we also see a bit of, um, I guess you could not like an imposter syndrome, but a bit of a, you know, Oh man, like, are people going to see what's really like how bad this business really is, right? Like people are going to want to work for me because it's, it's not, you know, it's a bit of a mess, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. like, I don't want to bring someone into this because it's just, it's a big rat's nest and they're afraid of someone judging them or, or someone quitting, whatever it might be, right? Yeah, yeah, so true. So, so someone comes along and they've got all of that happening inside them. What do you, what do you say to that person? Like, how, how do you make that person realize that hey, it's not actually all that uncommon? It's okay. Let's just work through it. Yeah, there's a great line I heard a long time ago, which is like, you know, 
everyone's unique, right? Like as a person in terms of like, you know, we're all, we're all unique people, but all the shit we're dealing with all the problems, right? They're like, they're all the same. Like you're, you're a snowflake as a person, but as a business owner, you're not a snowflake, right? Like everybody's dealing with these issues. Everybody's messed up. Everybody has, you know, problems. It's very, very normal. Uh, I think, yes, making people feel like, Hey, listen, you're not alone. You're not the only one. That's very important. I think, I think with anybody suffering with any kind of issue or problem, that's usually the first thing that helps is like, listen, there's a whole community of people who are already dealing with this or have dealt with it. Like, don't worry, don't feel ashamed because there, there is shame and guilt and stress that comes with these things. Um, and then I think the best way for anybody to kind of help someone through this is to go, listen, like, what do you actually want? Cause if you want to be able to have a business where you can step away and if you you know don't want to be just like working with your hands until the day you die, right. Then you're, you're going to have to do this stuff. And either you, 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 you say, Hey, I don't want to do that. Cool. And you go get a job working for somebody else. Right. But there's no point being in the middle. You either go for somebody else or you rather to say, Hey, I'm going to go in and make this a real business. So I think just showing the people that, that like that uncertainty and trying to walk the middle doesn't really work because you're just going to either doom yourself to a life of, you know, grafting with your hands or you're going to do yourself to a life of misery. Right. But ultimately it's better to decide and go, Hey, I want one of these two and nothing wrong with wanting a job if that's what you want, but just know that if you're going to make it a business, like you have to just do it. There's, it's, it can't just be, you know, you can't just float around it. Right. Yeah. Love it. Love it. You're either all in or you're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And for a lot of guys, again, going all in is scary, right? There's risk. Yeah. There's, there's uncertainty, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's get down that path. Um, was there a moment for you? So here you are 1920s. You've got your contracting business, uh, at, at that age, you probably thought all the money coming in was best it, best it ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how how did you go from being that to going? Oh, in fact, maybe I want that bigger. Maybe I want more. Like, what sort of things did you go through mindset wise, and to come to the part of you know what? I, I'm actually just so obsessed about helping these people. But that must be a very different way of thinking now compared to back when you're 19, oh, yeah. 19 20. Yeah, what yeah. sort of things helped you get that way of thinking, that sort of mindset? Uh, well, I mean, one one of the things was, you know, I had worked for a guy that I didn't like, and that's why I decided to start the business. So I was like, hey, man, I can't go back to working for somebody else because I've done that, and that guy was an asshole. <laughs> I don't want to do that again. So it's kind of like that's not an option, right? There's a bit of a lesson, like I, I don't really want to deal with that. Uh, second thing was, was learning from, I was lucky to have some really good mentors and have some guys that I, you know, could kind of like, you know, tangentially learn from, um, in terms of like local guys that I was like, Hey, you're doing really well. And I think, I think this is a thing a lot of people struggle with it in terms of, I don't know if you want to call it again, like, you know, a fear or just, um, like a nerves thing, but there's probably for everybody listening, like in your local market, whatever thing you do, whether again, you're a contractor, you run a internet marketing business, you're a coach, you're, you're a good consultant, you're whatever, whatever you do, you're a masseuse, whatever. There's probably people in your local market who are really good at what they do and who are really successful. And they probably have a lot of time on their hands. And if you ask them like for insights and help, most of them are going to be willing to talk to you because they've already made their money. And now for most of them, it's about like legacy and giving back. And worst case, they say no, right? Like there's, there's, there's very low risk. And that's what I kind of realized early on is like, Hey, if you just ask lots of people for help or ideas, like the worst they do is say no. But best case, they say, hey, sure, like I'm happy to help you. And I think adopting that mindset early on and just not being afraid to ask people, that that really helped. You know, just it sets you set me and I think I'll set most people on a better course because 
it's hard to do it all. Like, you know, man, you're on an island. It's like you're running a business. It's like, it's very lonely. It's very isolating, right? Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. So, so with um, Profit for Contractors and, and your program, I suppose a big part of that is also then being around the environment, being around yeah, the other community. people. Talk mm -hmm. to me a bit about environment and being around the right people and, and why. Um, and I think it's probably even more so for, for tradespeople and, and contractors because you're out from sort of 6 a.m. on the job site at 7, you, you're there sort of all day, you're either putting out fires or just in your world. Right. So to be able to then have a, a support network and to be able to have other people who are going through the same sorts of things as you, talk to me about that and the importance of that and how you guys really uh, enable that to take place. Yeah, for 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 the trades, especially in contractors, it's it's massive because most contractors, like if you're a contractor, you know, like me in Toronto, and you're doing, you know, let's say carpentry, most other guys are not going to talk to you and tell you their secrets. That's like one of the first problems, right? Is like people are loath to give up what's working. Second reality is most guys just don't know, like they're they're doing it wrong and they don't they're not doing it correctly, so they don't have any idea. So there's unfortunately just a bit of a that's a thing in the industry that people just don't like to really share ideas. It's not it's not. It's not the same as many other industries. There's just like a lack of networking and that stuff. And again, when you come into like a community environment like PFC and you quickly realize that, hey, there's other guys and girls just like me, right, who are struggling with these exact same problems. First off, it makes you go, okay, I'm not the only one. I don't feel as bad. But secondly, there's the whole, hey, I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Like I'm struggling with pricing as a builder, but there's other builders who have their pricing nailed. I'm just going to figure out what they're doing and learn from them and skip all these steps, skip all this pain, skip all this headache. And that's something that we we really, you know, try very hard to facilitate at PFC through whether it's group coaching calls, through we have peer mentors in the program, um, through our Facebook community, through our events, everything. And I just don't want, I'm sure you're the same. Like I don't want people to have to make the same mistakes other people have already made, right? <laughs> like who've paid a lot of money to make those mistakes. So we would rather that that people learn from each other and we actually had a guy join up recently and he, he, we sent out like our feedback survey. So remembers and we said like, what's the biggest takeaway or like, what's your biggest insight so far? And he basically said, you know, I've never felt, you know, more alone in my life as, as when I was running this business, but like even just being in the program a few weeks, he's like, I've never felt so supported and heard like the people actually know what I'm dealing with. Cause yeah. when you're running a business, right? Like by yourself, your employees, your wife, you know, you can talk to them about the problems, but they don't really know. Right. They don't understand what it's like to, to stress about making payroll, to stress about, you know, selling enough work to be busy. For, like they don't know. They know that like the idea of the problem, but they don't really know what it feels like. And I think to actually be surrounded by people who've been there and been like, yeah, man, I've been up at three in the morning stressed about paying my bills the next day, that it, it just allows you to kind of breathe and go, okay, like, you know what? I'm not like I'm not that bad. Right. Like it's it's I'm not the only one. And we we actively, you know do our best to make sure that we're always connecting people. And more importantly, we're connecting guys who've already kind of got there with the guys who are, who are trying to get there because mentorship is really important, especially in our trade. And it's, it's how you generally learn a trade, right? You, you, you learn from guys who are really good at it, right? And then yeah. you start your apprenticeship and you, you work up and we want to apply that same learning model, but to the business side, less to yeah. the, to the craft side. Right. Love it. Love it. So, so let's, let's get into this path. When when contractors trades first come to you, mm -hmm. what did they believe their biggest problem is? Not enough leads. <laughs> yeah, 
Right. Or not enough, not the right people, or like, you know, I have the wrong employees, I have the wrong customers, or I need more employees, I need more customers, you know? Yeah. So so let's just go, What what's what's your number one way of being able to get more leads? Like, let's just go, we've got people listening right now, and they go, gee, if only I could get another three, four, five jobs this week. I just got no idea how to be able to do that. What would you tell them? Do the thing that pretty much no one does that costs zero money, follow up (laughs) with people that you've already quoted, people you've already talked to, people that said no, people that you haven't heard back from. I'll give you a crazy stat on this for everybody listening. So I was talking with um, some gentlemen who run a very, very, very large, um, essentially it's like a conglomerate of, of, it's a company that manages a portfolio of of SaaS businesses. So like software businesses for contractors, they're multi-billion dollar company. Um, and the company in question is one that I used to work for. Um, I'm just not going to name it, but anyways, they, they were showing me some data on the app and they were showing me how many estimates are, are like produced in the app a month. So these are like estimates that guys create in the app that send to a customer, right? About 4 billion a month in estimates are being put through this app. So contractors are are producing about 4 billion a month in jobs and bids, right? Only 25% of those get signed by the customer. One in four, right? And I know from from coaching contractors from doing this myself for a long time that pretty much, and you know this too, like most contractors, most people in sales, they never follow up, right? And I was like, that just, it hit me like, man, imagine how much higher that could be for this company, how many jobs these guys could all be getting if they were just, you know, basic follow-up sequences, like send a text, email, call, right? Like call, just basic stuff. So the first thing I say to anybody is like, hey, you want more leads? Like, what are you doing with the leads you have? Are you just like emailing off a quote and then never calling them back? Right, like, what's what's step one? And I think that's the that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, and it costs you no money, right? Yeah, love it. Are, no. are you asking all of your clients for a referral? Right? Like, <laughs> are you getting a review from every client? Like, are you doing these basics um, versus just like, hey, I'm going to spend more money and get more leads? Right? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great lesson. No matter what business you're in, and we'll go down this and and look at this next, but follow up. Don't don't assume that people are gonna come to you after you give them the information that they need. Why don't we follow up? What do you reckon it is? Uh, I think one is guys just don't know how. I think a lot of people think that it's like a big complicated ordeal when in reality, you know, it's actually quite simple. Um, there's also there's also a funny kind of like mindset I see with contractors in terms of like, oh, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm being you know, aggressive or pushy or needy. And I, we see that a lot. And then of course the age old excuse of like, I don't have time. Right. Because most guys are doing it manually, but those are kind of the, those are kind of the three main things that I see. Now, obviously there's a point at which if you do follow up too much, you know, maybe you are being pushy and maybe it is a bit, you know, aggressive for the customer. But I think, you know, there's a lot, a long way between there and zero where most guys are at Two. Uh, if you don't think you have time, um, I would say like, again, just costing you money because it doesn't really cost anything to do follow up, just but a little bit of your time, but it's going to generate an ROI. And then third is just, there's, there's usually no system in place, right? People don't have even like templated emails or like simple stuff, right? That just makes it a little bit easier, like canned responses you can send out. So for most guys, if you just block off 15, 20 minutes a day in your calendar, 30 minutes, write up a couple standard, simple emails, like, you know, Hey Susie, haven't heard from you. Just wanted to check in on the bid, you know? please call me back. And again, like, think about it. We're all busy. Like most people have a family, they have jobs, they're busy. They, they lose track of things, right? They forget to message you. Um, maybe they're waiting for other quotes. Maybe they're waiting to talk to their husband about it. 
And if you don't follow up with them and become again, top of mind, right? It's like, it's not, they're usually the number one priority, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's your job as the, as the business owner here, as a contractor, the salesperson, whatever, to get in there and remind them. And I can tell you that most of our guys who do consistent follow-up, they generate a good solid, you know, 20 to 30% of revenue extra a year, like than they normally would just by doing that. Uh, and you can delegate it again. You can have your admin send emails. You can have your admin text people. You can have your admin call people. Hey, did you get the quote? Oh yeah, we did. We had a question, right? Like it's not, it's not complicated. It's really not. Love it. And it's so relevant. I'm, and I'm preaching to the choir, right? So it's okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, so true. And, but, and there are times where, where I'm, I'm thinking and, and we're having this conversation and I'm thinking to myself going, oh, that's right. There's this person I need to speak to today. And there's this person I haven't spoken to this week. And there's this person. And so, and, and what excuse do I have? I've got no excuse. Uh, but, but there are a bunch of people I can think of straight away that I should be following up with that I just haven't. And I, I think it's a big lesson there in that, you think about your own world and life gets in the way or things pop up and we forget things. Well, that's happening probably two, three times oh, yeah. to the people on the other side. Like you as a business owner probably are a little bit more on top of things and, and probably a little bit more um, understanding of things compared to your prospect. So if you think about you forgetting things or life getting in the way, you yeah. can see how easy it is that they're not, not getting back to you because they don't want to. It's just simply something else has happened and yeah. you've just got to reframe how you're thinking about it. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a, I think a, another huge um, part, especially for, for, for contractors and, and tradies, is when they do have to start bringing on other people and whether that's your fir their first admin person or whether that's the first subcontractor or whether that's the first the, the bookkeeper. And what tends to be sort of that, the pitfalls or the things that um, you, you're constantly sort of seeing in terms of being that now leader, I suppose, in essence, mm. they're going from being that that hands-on, on-the-tools type of person, which is what they've known and what they've grown yeah. up with, to now actually having to motivate, inspire, engage, lead somebody else. Mm. How does that transition look um, generally and, and what sort of are the pitfalls or the, the mistakes people make there? Well, I think like, be, listen, being a good leader, it's not like necessarily an easy skill and it does just take time and experience, right? Like there, there are people who are, you know, who are more charismatic and probably born more natural leaders, but it's hard. It, like it, it does, does take time. It does take development. But where I see the biggest, where, where we always see the biggest pitfall is guys hire someone usually reactively and then they just throw them to the wolves. Like there's no onboarding. There's no basic training. There's no like, hey, these are the things I do. I wrote, I wrote you a list of the tasks I do every day. Here's how I do them. No one really takes the time to just slow down for a second and go like, hey, I'm hiring this person to do these things that I don't want to do or shouldn't do. But like, have I documented it? Like, what are they? Right? Do they have the email password to log in so they can send emails for me? Like just really basic. So I say, if you're going to hire somebody, take like just a week or two, a little bit of time to just write out what they're doing every day, right? Like what you expect of them, some, some basic, let's see, you know, KPIs or some basic kind of expectations and spend that time training people. And we see it like it's, it's unfortunately because of the mindset of the trades of just like, you know, someone shows up on site, they throw them to the wolves, it's trial by fire, right? It's like survival of the fittest. And like, it doesn't really work anymore. Like people need to be onboarded. So that's, that's the biggest pitfall we see. And just not even having like a basic system for the person, like not even getting, you know, some basic Google doc or something set up. So if you're going to hire somebody guys, you want them to succeed, like 
take a little bit of time to just do some basic training, you know, get some stuff out of your head, get some stuff written down. Because if you don't, like, what are you handing this person? Like nothing. It's very simple, right? So it's like, what do you, what do you want them to actually do? Um, and again, hiring and churning somebody is very expensive and very time consuming, as you know, like you want to retain these people. So, you know, to not put that time into it, you're just shooting yourself in the foot as the business owner, right? Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so true. A um, couple of little just general quickfire questions. And as you're doing that, I know you've got a great uh, cheat set sheet on your profitforcontractors.com website. So I'll just mm -hmm. put up the link there. And okay. uh, when I was having a bit of a, a look around earlier. I went, oh, that's that's a, a good, good little cheat sheet for people right. um, to be able to go and grab. So if you're a contractor, if you're a tradie, uh, pop on to profitforcontractors.com. Uh, it's also in the show notes, so click on the link and go grab that cheat sheet. But if I was to go to you, biggest business lesson you've learned so far, what is it? Know your numbers. It's like number one. Everything, everything revolves around the numbers, right? It just, it, it's, it's the be all and the end all. Because you, and I just spoke with a guy earlier today about this, and he's like, "Oh, I want to like you know triple my sales a month." I'm like, "Well, what, what do you, what do you actually want to make? Like, what, what are you trying to profit?" It's like, I don't know. I just want to like three X. Why? Why do you want to do that? So I want to grow. But okay. Why? Like how much money do you want to make? I haven't thought about that. <laughs> you know, it informs everything who we hire, what materials we buy, what jobs we take, what things we like. It's, you can have, again, like the best customers in the world. You can have the best team in the world. You can be the nicest guy. You can work the hardest. If you don't know your numbers and you're not making enough money on the jobs you're doing, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Right. And I think that's the, that's the, it's the hard truth too. And it's also, it's not fun to like sit down and calculate your overhead and sit down and do pricing, you know, and work through spreadsheets like, and work through our tools and stuff. Like it's not, it's not sexy. Right. But that I think is the biggest thing. Cause once, once you, once you do that and you understand it, um, you know, it sets you up to, for a lot of success and a lot of profit. And that's where pretty much, you know, 90 plus percent of guys tend to make the mistake. Yeah. So, so someone might be listening to this and go, okay, know your numbers. I've heard that. I've heard people say that, but I actually just don't know what that means or where to start. Right. Okay. What do you say to that person? Like, what's the first thing that they should do to start knowing their numbers? So the, like, the, the first thing that everybody's got to do is just like figure out, are they pricing their jobs correctly? Like, are you making enough money on the jobs you do, the bids you do, the estimates you do? to you know pay yourself and run the business and make profit that's number one so we have a tool the pricing profit calculator which you're mentioning but a really quick math like exercise anybody can do figure out what it costs you to run your business like every month every year like all your costs right look at what you're doing in sales a year roughly you probably have an, like an average number maybe it's a million dollars you divide one into the other you're going to get a number called your overhead or your break even right it's going to tell you hey as a percentage you got to make this much on every job just to run the business on top of that you're going to add your profit and we have a little formula for this for most guys it really simply means like hey if you're quoting any kind of job whatever your costs are to do the job like your labor materials all your costs of goods you're probably going to have to mark your job up or charge the customer at least 1.5 1.6 1.7 minimum above that if you don't do that it's going to be very hard to make money but that's like that's the basics that everybody has to learn what does it cost you to run the business what do you need to make above that and what do you need to charge the customer to make a profit um, you can do most of the stuff like off your PL. If you don't even have that, you can print out your bank statements and like, you know, tally everything up. You can do it. There's quick and dirty ways to do it, but that's the first thing. And then once you do that, you can go look at jobs you've done and go like, Hey, I quoted 
you know, this job to cost me $20,000. Like that's what I, I estimated. It either, it either you did the job in less time and you, it like cost you less, you did it right on budget or you went over. Right. So those are the first simple things you can do and track. Like, am I actually making money on the jobs that I'm doing? Cause if you're not like, don't do more of them. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to work better. Right? <laughs> yeah. So true. Um, best book or business book that, or not even business book, best book that stands out to you. What was it? Um, well, I have a bias obviously with working with construction contractors, trades guys, um, markup and profit revisited is probably the, the biggest one I'd say for everybody. Um, it's kind of like the Bible for contractors, uh, by a guy named Michael Stone. I, I, I could be shameless and say our book, but I won't. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to introduce, I'm going to do markup and profit revisited by Michael Stone. It's, it's yeah. a phenomenal book for anybody in, in our industry. Yeah. Love it. I'm going to just start joining some dots here just in case. Uh, people listening are not joining these dots. If, if you think about what Liam's been going through and what Liam's been talking about, and it's like, don't try to wear every single hat. You need to be able to have great people around you. You need to have a great environment for you to be able to learn from. You need to be able to act as a business owner. You need to be able to understand, therefore, your numbers. And you need to make sure that you run things every single day to be profitable. Pick that up. Because as simple as what that seems and as logical as what that seems, whether you're a trades contractor or any other business, I would go, majority of people don't do it that way or even think about it that way. And I think there's a big lesson right there for us to be able to really pick up on and to, for you to be able to ask yourself, okay, am, am I trying to wear too many hats? Am I around an environment that's actually challenging me and inspiring me and picking me up? Am I around the people that I can learn from? Am I around or am I treating my business as a business versus a job? Am I actually bringing the right people into my business to get to help the business grow? Do I know my numbers? Do I know if I'm profitable or not? Do I know how to make myself profitable? And there's some of the questions you need to start asking yourself from what we've gone through today. Okay. Um, Liam, for, for, for the contractors out there, for traders out there, where's the best place for them to be able to go to start getting some of the great resources that, that you guys have and being in touch with, with your community? Um. Probably the best place is just go to our, our Instagram at Profit for Contractors on Instagram. Um, we also have tons of um, free training and resources on our YouTube page. We have like tons of content there um, where we walk you through like a lot of the stuff I've been talking about and like way more detail step by step, you know, with links to all the tools and stuff. So, Profit for Contractors on YouTube or at Profit for Contractors on Instagram, you can go there. Um, or if you guys yeah want to go, you can go to the website. But those are probably the two best places. And we got you know training and tools for days. So whatever you're struggling with hiring, pricing, job site management, whatever it might be, we, we, we have a training and we have a resource on it. I can pretty much guarantee you. And if we don't, we'll make one. Yeah. Love <laughs> it. Love it. So search profit for contractors, either on Instagram, on YouTube, across your favorite social platform, uh, the website, www.profitforcontractors.com. If you're a contractor, uh, in, in Australian words, tradey um then that's why i would be interchanging them because whichever word you use 
we're talking about you and, and being the same sort of thing, uh, make sure you, yeah, you go and you get the different resources and you start finding out how to be able to go from just simply running a, a contracting, running a trading business to really building it to give you the, the money, the freedom, the time, the lifestyle that you really want to be able to create. Um, let's leave with here. Final, final words, final inspiration. If you have people listening to this right now, what would you tell them? Same thing I tell everybody. You know, if you're if you're working too hard for too little, you know, you're stressed out, you're not making enough money, the business can't run without you. Just get some form of help. Whether you guys, you know, get help from us, whether you get help from Michael, whoever it is, like if you know you have a problem and you know the business isn't working and you're you're unhappy and you're, you know, just stressed out or on your way to burnout or breakdown right? Just, just get some freaking help because the second you, you raise your hand or the second that you admit that, Hey, I do need help. It gets much easier from there. Right. As, as you know, Mike, once you admit you have a problem and you realize, Hey, I got to get some help. There's a big weight that gets left on your shoulders. So again, if I've brought up things on this call that you're like, Hey, I have no idea what overhead is, right. You know, some of these things, I have no idea what Liam's talking about. You know, it's your job as a business owner to figure that out and get help. And whether it's from us or anybody else, awesome. But don't just sit there and suffer in silence. Don't just sit on your hands that's ultimately probably the biggest mistake you can make. And just know that it's okay, right? To, to be struggling with these things because we don't ever get taught this, right? When we're, when we start up a business, there's no, there's no, it's like having a kid, right? No one gives, gives you the handbook and says like, here, follow all these steps, right? Like, you don't get that, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be nice, but it doesn't yeah. happen. Love it. Liam, really appreciate you jumping on, joining us. Uh, as always, make sure that you ask yourself this question. You've been listening to this podcast. Ask yourself, how's that relevant to me? Because there are so many good little pieces in there that are relevant no matter what sort of business that you're running. So as always, let me finish with listening is great. Taking action is better. If there's a contractor or a trader that you know, share the episode with them. Make sure that you um, help another person that's around you. And don't ever stop making the impact that your business was there to make. Till next time, guys, take care. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care, all. Thanks, guys.